We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I was convinced that I was going to look like Two-Face. I thought that melted wax on your face was like... I deformed myself. Hello, welcome to Guides of the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we're going to be talking about rituals and games, some that will probably be familiar to you and some that may not be. Yeah, some of them I definitely knew about, and I for sure learned a few things in my part of the research Yeah, that I thought were amazing. I, I was going to use the word throwback, but if something is from 400 years ago, is that understating it? <laughs> I think it's an understatement. Yeah. I don't know that you can throw back Thursday, something that happened in like the 1600s. Exactly. But. And that's basically exactly when it's from yeah. one of these things I found, which is amazing. And I really hope maybe we can all start doing this collectively. Um, rituals are a weird thing to me. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I wanted to ask you before we dive into these, really, because we're, we're talking about rituals as literally a set of instructions. Do this, then that, then that, then that. Yeah. You should get some sort of a paranormal outcome for some of mine it might be traveling to another dimension or mm-hmm. summoning a spirit some of my question is why because also my rituals i don't know if yours had this as well my rituals also have the rules to undo it real quick and seem to no. be oh no no oh, okay maybe you have a different experience mine then. are my rituals are a little bit different though i really only have one that's like connecting with the beyond or whatever they're kind of just like strange things that you can do okay so it's a little bit of a different subset mine as i were reading them were almost written as if it's like you're conducting the ritual and you really 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 wish you hadn't even started okay some of mine are are like i must have to do digging to even figure out what what's scary about them because they'd be like then you hide and you close your eyes don't open your eyes (laughs) if you've done everything right you won't see anything at all Oh. Like, well, then what? What are we doing here, then? What are we up to, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> That's funny. But I guess we'll get into it the further that we go. Um, I also want to call out that this topic yeah. uh, was decided on our Patreon live stream this yes. past Sunday. Every first Sunday of the month, Kristen and I sit down on patreon.com slash talkbomb and talk with people uh, who follow the show mm-hmm. to get suggestions for topics for future episodes. And it was this, awesome. this overall topic was suggested by Carrie. Yes. Thank you so much, Carrie. This is a great idea. Yeah. So the first one that I'm going to talk to you about, Kristen, is the elevator game. Okay, good. Were you familiar with this? Yes. I'm only, I'm familiar with it, but I don't know a ton about it. Okay. I don't know all the steps and everything. So the, the basic concept of this, the why of it all, why you would do the elevator game why you play the elevator game, I guess, is that following through the game, the ritual, will bring you to another world. Okay. Here's what you'll need. At least one person. Okay. Okay. (laughs) A public building with at least 10 floors Mm -hmm. and an elevator. No walk-ups. Okay. Uh, Here's how you play. It's a little bit of a slog, but it's it's Mm -hmm. important to get all the rules. If any part of this process, by the way, is interrupted, you have to start over from the beginning. Okay. So if somebody walks into the elevator that that shouldn't be there is not part of the game, 
start over. If you're with somebody and they leave the elevator, the whole thing's screwed. You got to start over. Got to do a clean through. Exactly. So here's what you do. You're going to get in the elevator on the ground floor, go up to the fourth floor, then go to the second floor, then go to the sixth floor, back to the second floor, way up to the 10th floor, then you go to the fifth floor. Here's what happens if you followed that sequence correctly. Again, that is from one to four to two to six to two to 10 to five. There's a possibility that when the doors open on the fifth floor here, a woman will enter the elevator. Do not look at her. Do not speak to, do not talk to her. <laughs> that woman is not a human. If A lot of this is off the page, you know? I guess if I could offer one critique to whoever's <laughs> writing the rituals online, this one came to me from hideandgokill.fandom.com. So be, I think I also used that. It's in the show notes, but I think I also used hide and go kill. A stupendous resource. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's writing these is leaving a lot to the imagination. Yeah, yeah. That person is not a human, you know? Like, yeah, like what? what? So what are they? Is she a demon or a goat? Like what? Yeah. Um, if you do talk to her or look at her, she will decided to keep you for her own. Oh, God. <laughs> she made me her baby? So Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're mine now. Yeah. So... Ignoring her fully, now press the button for the first floor again. Now that you've pushed the button for the first floor, the elevator is said to either descend or ascend. Go okay. Up. And we're with this woman in the elevator, right? Oh, yeah. She's in the elevator with us. Okay. If the elevator reaches, starts going up to the 10th floor, uh, make sure you leave and do not respond to the woman if she asks, where are you going or what's wrong? Okay. Look, no problem. Her voice will be high when she asks that. Okay. <laughs> no, with no further description given to me. You ju- all you need to know is that it's a woman and her voice is high. That high equals demon. Voice. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I or, will say that gives you slightly more criteria. It could be like, okay, a woman came on, but maybe she's just a woman. It might just be and a person then, going, Where, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but if her voice is not scary high pitched, mm-hmm. she's not the demon, I guess. Right. Yeah. If it reaches the first floor, leave and do not look back. Isn't that the same as the 10th floor? Correct. That's okay. All you right. Sussed it so out. either way, leave mm-hmm. and don't look back. Yes. Now Does you mean I win the elevator game. Now you are in the other world. Oh, right electronics will not work in the other world. The other world is identical to our world, but the two differences you will see are all the lights will be off. And the only thing you will be able to see from windows is a red cross in the distance. Getting back to our world may be tricky. Wait, no, (laughs) (laughs) what do you, the only thing you'll see from windows. Does that mean if you're inside looking out of a window? Well, presumably or... you're inside. You, you just got out of an elevator. Yeah, but I, I thought we were talking about like the whole world now as you move through it is going to be this way. All the lights are off. I guess so, yeah. And Okay. But presumably nobody's ever left the building, I guess. That's why they phrase okay, it as okay. if you look out the windows. Okay, Here's gotcha. spoiler alert. I know nothing of other world. Okay. I think they just want you to fill in the blanks with your own imagination. Okay. So more than willing for me, there's nothing there. Yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely nothing. Okay, there. that's fine. So getting back to our world may be tricky. Again, this is written with like the the intent of like, well, you've gotten there. Now the only thing to do is just come back. <laughs> so what was this for? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just a cheat code. 
It's just a real life cheat code, right? Somebody just, I guess, for the sake of this game, the, the elevator game, they just decided or learned that if you go to different floors in an elevator in the proper sequence, you might get, like in a video game, yeah. you might, instead of getting like infinite health, you just end up in a, a weird glitched world. Right. Okay. Where all the lights are off and there's this red, red cross, cross in the, in the distance. distance. Which to me implies some sort of like a hellish ritual yeah. or hellish um, belief. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Practicing something. of some sort of a, a hellish religion. I guess. Right. I- We've all seen the pictures of Oregon this past week where the sky is all red. Oh, my God. Maybe it transports you to Oregon. And Maybe. September 2020. Stay Dumps safe. Dumps you off. Yes, Everybody truly. The West Coast people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, if you're trying to get back to our world and it's seemingly it's the only thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else you'd be doing. You might find yourself in a spot of bother. <laughs> for you see, the uh, you might become disoriented in other world and not be sure which elevator you're supposed to get into. I guess that matters. The elevator might appear to grow further and further away from you as you walk toward it, which is very dreamlike. Yes. I actually kind of like that part. And they say, be vigilant. Keep your wits about you. Okay. Now, here's more of a quote. If at any point during the ritual you faint, pass out, or otherwise lose consciousness, you will likely wake up in your own home. (laughs) Everything's going to be fine. However, be sure to carefully examine your surroundings upon waking. The home to which you have been returned may not be the one you left when you first set out to attempt this ritual. An other world home? Other home. A home sans electricity? Yeah. Home. Get me out of here. Home not so sweet home. That's right. So here's how you do return to our world again. You you just kind of do the ritual. Okay. Again, getting back into that elevator. But now the order you do is, yeah, four, two, six, two, ten, five. When you reach the fifth floor, push the button for the first floor. The elevator might ascend to the tenth floor again. Press any other button to cancel that operation. Okay. It's easy peasy. It's as easy as that. And then you're just in the normal world again? Um, y- yeah. I mean, okay. they, they do say when you get back to the first floor, check your surroundings carefully if anything seems off. Then go back in and do it again or something? Oh, if anything seems off, don't even get out of the elevator. Oh. Just repeat that process. But how are you going to check the world if you're still in the elevator? Are the lights on? Yeah, I guess that's true. If the lights are on, that's, yeah. a, that's a dead giveaway. It's true. Um, so I that's the, that's the ritual in and of itself. Right. Now... One of the other fun things about the elevator game is that a million people do it, write about it, and talk about it. Yeah. So I watched several videos of people trying the elevator game and freaking out when just like somebody with like, you know, a cup of Coke, uh-huh. like like a to-go cup <laughs> of Coke is like sipping on it with a straw. They're like, ah, like some stranger. It's a woman who comes in and she's like, nice day. Yeah. And they're like, ah, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Um, and I found this story from the Thought Catalog. Okay. I thought that was like a real website. I think it is. Okay. It was like a Halloween special or something where they were like compiling. I don't think it's, it's not like the Atlantic, you know what I mean? But it's it's a known website. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is a story written by Anonymous titled, I played the elevator game wrong. <laughs> I played the elevator game and I did it wrong. The woman followed me back. Uh-oh. So a woman got on at the fifth floor. As is meant to be the, the, the thing. Now, here's where I started, uh, I should say, part of the reason why I'm uh, even telling you about this story that I found on Thought Catalog, links in the show notes, is that just reading the ritual in and of itself, I just kept going like, who cares? Yeah. Right? Why are you doing this? 
This isn't particularly exciting. No, it's not. I know it's a big deal. Right. Like a lot of people post this. That's that's why it's even something for us to talk about here is that it was recommended and, and something I have heard about before. I wonder if it's partially because it's easily accessible. Like as long as you're in a building that has an elevator, you can play the elevator game. You don't have yeah. to assemble a mirror and a lighter and a whatever. True. You know? And like elevators already have some weird stuff. Like I know yeah. that like um, in some countries, the number four mm-hmm. is skipped because four... Uh, uh, is a, is a associated with death. I know that here, uh, a lot of the time, the 13th floor is skipped. So elevators already have a sort of a folkloric bent to them. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I read this story from Thought Catalog that I was like, oh, when you dramatize these events, I can see there's something in there. And mm-hmm. I think this is what people are hooking onto that I'm not getting by just reading the ritual itself. Maybe I'm just not using my imagination enough to put myself in the footsteps of someone trying to do it, so I'm not really seeing it. I mean, you could definitely write a cool story around the idea of this, but I guess just reading the steps is like, all right. Yeah. So uh, in this story by Anonymous, a woman does get on the elevator at the fifth floor, and the person's like, I screwed up instantly, because if you're trying to figure out what floor you're on, you have to look up above the door. Mm -hmm. And so because I'm looking up above the door and someone walks in, I accidentally immediately looked at them and turned around. Yeah. So like even that, I'm like, oh, when you actually think about the circumstances, it's a little different than just reading like the recipe. Right. In a sense. And then they start talking about how the woman just goes like, what are you what are you doing? Are you all right? Why are you turned around? Yeah. How come you're not talking to me? Um, she started talking about how there had just been an accident on the fifth floor and asked if I would go back with her to help. This was totally nonsensical. She had just gotten on the elevator in the hopes that someone might be there and then go help, which is a great point. But the fact that the person wrote something nonsensical and then called out that it's nonsensical almost gives credibility in a way of like, yes, this is a poor approximation of a demon to try to catch you. Right, to trick me. Yeah. Right, you're trying to trick me. Then it gets ridiculous where it's like the demon starts like, well, first the demon starts going like, what's wrong with you? Why are you, have your back turned? Which I'm like, yeah, that would happen. Like, that is what somebody would ask. Yeah. But then they start going like, <laughs> I see you've just determined that I am the demon. Turn and face me. Like, like things like that. It's just like, oh, this is getting real broad and stupid. Wow. Then the the person in the elevator says that they were taunted so much, they got so much rage <laughs> that they lost control and started attacking the woman. What is this story? I it got it flew so far off the handle where I was like, it seemed at first like it might have just been a person telling a story of trying a thing that they saw online and we're like, eh, that's silly. That's completely what I thought was happening here, but I, I guess don't really it was believe fiction? it, but maybe I'll try it. And then it turned out to be a fictional story. Weird. Yeah. So they attacked the woman, which is already makes makes me go like, oh, so our narrator is a lunatic. Who gets so angry in public that you can't I was help so full to... of rage when they were asking me these questions. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, Rob Zombie levels of logic. Right. You know, and horror of like, I smashed her face on the elevator door till blood was flying. It's like, well, it's not it's not scary. And it makes you seem yeah. unhinged. And now I'm like, well, why am I even reading what this person thinks right. and says? So then they realize this is what the, the woman wanted all along. Oh my God, to bring laughing. out that rage. She she totally manipulated their emotions to get them to act out. Classic. And in so doing, they made eye contact and physical contact, <gasps> and just so the person is theirs. Um, I basically stopped reading the story at this point. Yeah. It turns out the person uh, is like trapped in the other dimension. So, okay. You know, 
Well, it's nice that they had access to the internet from the other world, even though there's no electricity there, and they were able to yeah, get you, this out there. You're absolutely right. I maybe guess, there was a loophole. Maybe there was a loophole. They, yeah. they sort of were like, I, I guess the notion was like they blacked out. Maybe their rage made them <laughs> black out. I don't know. It's like, it's like a whole subgenre of like, horror that is illogical and maybe like dork horror uh-huh. it's like my rage overtook me and i just lost consciousness <laughs> i saw red it's like okay <laughs> so they woke up in their own bed as mm-hmm. per the ritual goes but the the they feel like they are being pulled into the other side ah. so i think it's that they are writing this and it may already be too late by the time you read it they're probably already sucked into other side oh my remember. god all because of the elevator game. Exactly. So, so caution to what, anybody who wants to try that out. What I'm really saying is the elevator game is rough. <laughs> but <laughs> one silver lining is that I found a YouTube video uh, made by John Martinez that I actually found to be really well shot and paced. Cool. It is uh, not. It, it's like a you know a short horror video. It's like you know written and directed. It's it's a produced piece of media mm-hmm. YouTube video. It's only got 100,000 some odd views, which is not gigantic in YouTube land. Um, John Martinez only has 500 subscribers, and I really think that they deserve more based off the caliber of this video. So I'm going to have that linked as well for everyone to enjoy. It is uh, uh, like six minutes long. Guy gets into an elevator, is told to do the elevator game. Don't look at or acknowledge a woman if she walks in. And basically, a woman walks in and starts doing stuff to get his attention, which is... I do love the idea of the demon being like, oh, they know that they're not supposed to turn yeah, and look right, at me, all so right. I just got to do stuff. I just have to say things to get that attention. Yeah. And um, then they eventually, like, I- I'm going to spoil it a little bit. Okay. I think it'll be fun in the watching. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the woman uh, is like, all right, well, I haven't gotten his attention. The next time the door is open, she moves to get off and bumps him in the shoulder, uh-huh. almost like an aggressive little move. And as she steps off the elevator, she goes, oh, sorry. And he goes, it's okay. Ooh. Like the reflex of yeah. being polite. That was a good move on the demon's part. It was subtle. Like yep. the, the reflex to be polite and be like, no problem. Yeah. Screwed him. And so she steps outside of the elevator and just stands still. And the doors keep sliding closed and opened with her back to him. This sounds good. It was great. It's six minutes long. I really enjoyed myself. It yeah, was very I'm into fun. It. I don't typically, I've certainly seen plenty of uh, YouTube horror stuff that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. There's just so much of it. Yeah. Uh, but I really actually liked this one. And it was like the saving grace of the elevator game. I was like, yes, people with plans and like right. remixing the story and dramatizing it somehow can really make this, they can make it sing. Yeah. Make a thing of beauty. Really enjoyed it. So definitely check out that link if you check out nothing else. The Elevator Game by John Martinez on YouTube. Cool. Um, Which brings me to uh, the one that I loved. The ritual that I loved. This one was recommended by Deb. This is the Haya Kumanagatari Kaidanke. Cool. It's a Japanese sort of ritual or game. Um, which I believe it roughly translates to a gathering of 100 supernatural tales. Okay. The notion. Well, actually, I should also I should maybe even set this up because this is the throwback I was referring to. This is our throwback Thursday. Yeah. To the Edo period, which is between 1603 and 1868. Quite a throwback. Hell of a throwback. It's a, a strong throw. Yeah, but it was a popular uh, in a uh, parlor game where basically. You need uh, 100 lanterns. You need three rooms of a, of a house or a place or whatever. Okay. In, in the furthest room from you, in the third room, you place 100 lanterns. You light them all. And you put a small mirror on a table. 
you leave the second, the middle room, empty. Okay. And in the first room, you're there assembled with all the people that you're you're spending time with. And uh, at midnight, everyone takes turns telling, quote, ghoulish tales of ghoulish encounters and reciting folkloric tales passed on by villagers who claimed to have experienced supernatural encounters. After each story, the teller then has to get up, venture to the lantern room alone in the dark, go in and extinguish one of the lanterns. They then have to look at themselves in the small mirror before venturing back alone. So with each story told, another lantern is extinguished, making that room darker and darker until the lantern room is basically pitch black, which is a perfect environment for summoning spirits, Yeah, as goes the, the ritual. The story goes that most people would get too scared mm-hmm. to finish, and so they would quit the ritual before they could complete the summoning of spirits in that third room. These tales that they're all telling, the 100 tales, they are known as kaidan which is a combination of two kanji. Kai, which means strange, mysterious, rare, or a bewitching apparition. And Don, which means talk. So talk of strange, mysterious things. Uh, And it's an old-fashioned term. That is not what you would call a horror story in Japan today. That would be a sort of antiquated term, Mm -hmm. which to me almost gives it more charm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this is from the Wikipedia for Kaidan, like old-fashioned ghost stories. Originally based on didactic Buddhist tales, kaidan often involve elements of karma and especially ghostly vengeance for misdeeds. Japanese vengeful ghosts are far more powerful after death than they were in life and are often people who were particularly powerless in life, such as women and servants. Kaidan also frequently involve water Mm. as a ghostly element. In Japanese religion, water is a pathway to the underworld and can be seen in the festival of Oban. Awesome. Yeah, we talked about it in our episode about Japanese horror. I know the title of that episode is J-Horror, that um, the Japanese like a wet environment for their horror. Yep. They like it damp. They sure do. Think about the ring. Yep. And uh, uh, dark water. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, very cool. So back to the uh, uh, back to the, the ritual, the overall ritual. The origin of this may have actually been for classes of samurai to test their courage. Oh. Can you make it through the 100 scary stories and go into the room and extinguish the lantern and look at yourself? Which is e- even a means, I know that we've talked about this in the past, I don't know where, but the notion of like looking at your own face in the mirror mm-hmm. as a way to sort of like conjure spirits or summon yeah. spirits to watch your own reflection change. Yeah, it's like a form of scrying. Yeah, so as the room gets dimmer and dimmer, your reflection is mm-hmm. becoming... It's kind of warping, and also you keep looking at it. It starts to look weird. Absolutely. I I absolutely love this. Yeah, this is awesome. So back when this game was popular, again, this is in like the 17th century, it spawned a huge boom in ghost storytelling. This was also right around the time that a new printing technology had been implemented, so it made it possible to spread stories far and wide. So writing Kaidan Mm -hmm. became like a a cottage industry of sharing these like little horror stories and stuff. Um, These days, there have been tons of shows and movies based on this form of storytelling, of putting everybody in a room. Yeah. Like it's it's great fodder for like, if you think of like a horror anthology, everyone's sitting in a room together telling a story. I don't think I've ever heard of this before. I've never... Oh, I've never heard of this before, but yeah. it's very much like a campfire tale. Like it definitely everyone's is. Everyone's sitting around the campfire in Are You Afraid of the Dark mm-hmm. and telling a story that gets dramatized each week. Yep. Um, evidently, there was a comic book series called Hungry Ghosts written by 
Anthony Bourdain. That's so weird. I just came across this. Really? Yeah. This came across my path like this week. I don't remember why. But yes. Extra weird. Allie has been watching a lot of Anthony Bourdain Mm -hmm. for the first time in years. Huh. I don't know. Well, you were looking for a comic book to read. I I know. You had posted it on Instagram. So maybe 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 check it out. Maybe this is the time. Um, There is a a modern incarnation of this ritual, um, which is that you are in the room with the candles. Mm -hmm. So it sort of cuts out a middleman stuff. Like every time you tell a story, you just blow out one of the candles that's in the room with you. Mm -hmm. Which makes a certain amount of sense. But it also makes me think that like back in the 17th century, did they want the three rooms for a reason? Right. Did they need that second room to be empty so that the spirits couldn't? That's why I forgot that it was three rooms. Yeah, what was going on in that third room? That 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 last room is never like huh. overtly mentioned. I found another like like set of instructions for the ritual somewhere, mm-hmm. which mentions like make sure there are no weapons anywhere. Which I guess if you're in the the 17th century, that yeah. that there are weapons abound. And I guess they're worried that you're going to freak out. Is that maybe? It? Yeah, I don't know. Or that spirits can't take up arms. Huh. I'm not sure, but like. It made me wonder, like, that that empty room must have a purpose. Yeah. So maybe the modern incarnation where you're in the room with the candles is right, riskier. Right, right. Um, here's what the end is supposed to be for the modern ritual. And this is where it gets back to, like, the kinds of people that wrote, like, the elevator game mm-hmm. taken over. This, you know, 400-year-old form of storytelling. The end. When the final candle is blown out, prepare yourselves. Okay. The window will be open. And it's anyone's guess what might come through. It's like they don't tell you anything. <laughs> they only leave a void for you to It just fill must it be in. something scary. I guess that's all we can go with. Like reading about the historic form of storytelling is so much more interesting than being like, anything might happen. Yeah, now. right. Don't turn and take a peek. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. There's another modern version where you have 10 candles instead of 100, which mm-hmm. is far more manageable. Yes, absolutely. A lot of people probably yeah, didn't make it to the end of 100. Are 100 people? Is, is it that one person goes in and then another person goes in? No, it can be no. any amount of people. Yeah, any amount yeah. of people. Yep. 10 is much more doable. Yes, I, I completely agree. Um, the, the way that it was mentioned, this is from the ghost in my machine.com. They, I love that website. Yeah. Yes. And I go. also use them. Yeah. I got mm-hmm. a lot of stuff from them this week. They have, a, I think they have a book all about rituals and games. I'm going to look it up while you're talking about that. Oh, very cool. I'm pretty sure they do for just for the comparison of like modern people being like any, it's anyone's guess what might come through. This is, they have a source, uh, for the original rules that were theoretically, this was written in the six in, in 1600 or just after mm-hmm. when the final lantern is extinguished, true darkness will descend and spirits may be summoned. Okay. It's similarly vague. Yeah. Like it, it also doesn't make a promise of anything, but it's so much more interesting than, and you better buckle up because anything There's might happen There's something. Now. Yeah. Um, so there is a book called Dangerous Games to Play in the Dark that's written by Lucia or Lucia Peters, who runs the ghostinmymachine.com. Great website. Yeah. It was it was really fun mm-hmm. like reading through everything on there this week. Um, here's from the, the comments section from the ghostinmymachine.com. Connor wrote this. It is very interesting. First time I tried this, me and my friends opened a window and a demon came through. The bad thing is casual. The bad thing is we had to kill it, but we did though. (laughs) But it is some cool stuff. Good for Halloween. What? It is very interesting. You killed a demon? It is very interesting. First time I tried this, me and my friends opened a window and a demon came through. 
The bad thing, uh, what we didn't get yeah, to that, that was thing fine. Yet. That was fine. The bad thing is we had to kill it, but we did though. We did though. Not we killed it. Not that we had to kill it, and we did. You know. Yeah. We had to kill it, but we did. We did though. But we did though. That's amazing. But it is some cool stuff. Good for Halloween. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks to Connor. It's a very casual review yeah. with a lot of uh, big events happening in it. Shout out to Connor. Don't seem casual. This week's episode is brought to you by Connor. <laughs> Demon killer. Demon hunter. Connor. <laughs> My last ritual I'm going to talk to you about is one man hide and seek. Okay. Suggested by Stephanos. For this, Kristen, here's what you're going to need. A stuffed doll with limbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. No limbless dolls. All right. Damn. All right. I guess I'm out. Yeah. All my dolls are limbless. A sack of uncooked rice. Okay. A pair of nail clippers, a needle, red thread, a sharp knife or scissors, a bathroom that has a bathtub in it, a cup of salt water, a television, a hiding place, and incense. Here's what you're going to do. First, cut open the doll, remove the stuffing. Fill it with the rice and trim some of your fingernails. Put those in there, too. Okay. Stitch the doll closed with the red thread. When you're done stitching and you have leftover thread, don't cut the loose leftover thread. Wrap that around and around and around the doll. I had to dig for why you're doing this. So okay. this was not part of the ritual. This is my own research to figure out what are you're we- You're cobbling why? together. Yeah. Why? It's a major question I have <laughs> is why in all these rituals. So the rice represents the doll's internal organs. Okay. Evidently, there is a superstition in- I don't know where that the story originated from. That we're just full of rice. Um, we're just full of rice. That having a bag of rice for too long might attract ghosts. That oh. is a superstition somewhere. Hmm. So the rice is meant to be a spirit bait. So hmm. you put that in the doll. The thread, the red thread, represents blood vessels and seals any spirits you may have attracted into the doll. Okay. Continuing with the ritual. Fill the bathtub with water. Purify the room with the incense. Then put the TV... Oh, purify your hiding room. Okay. The room you want to hide in. Different room. Okay. Purify that room with the incense. Then put the TV in your hiding space room, along with a cup of salt water and your sharp-edged tool. Okay. Name the doll. Don't give it your own name or the name of someone you know. Duncan. Duncan. Got it. Okay. Got it. Game on. (laughs) At 3 a.m., repeat this phrase to the doll three times. Kristen is the first it. Kristen is the first it. What do you mean? Kristen is the first it. Well, I just don't want to use my name in case something happens. Wait, so you say your own name or whoever's playing the thing is Kristen is the first it? Yeah, whoever you are. I'm using Kristen because I don't want to use me. I did not. We didn't discuss this. (laughs) If Duncan comes for me, I'm going to be pissed as hell. You're going to be a Dunkaroo. Oh, my God. Great. Uh, we already have David. Now we're going to have Duncan after us. Oh, no. Dear David and dear Duncan. D&D. Dear David and damn Duncan. <laughs> David, Duncan, knock it off. <laughs> Bring the doll to the bathroom. Submerge it in the tub. Turn off all the lights in your house and go to the hiding place. Turn on the TV. Count to 10. Do not. Turn on any of the lights, lock any of the doors, make any unnecessary noise. Do not leave your house. You are in this until you're done with the ritual. Do you understand? Oh, my God. I guess I'm already in it, so I have to understand. Yep. Now, open your eyes, grab your knife and scissors, head back to the bathtub. Take the doll out of the tub and say, I have found you, Duncan. (laughs) Cut the thread binding the doll. I think that means the loose thread. Yeah. Don't cut the stitching. Yeah. Cut the loose thread. Cutting the thread implies that you're releasing any of the spirits which may have been attracted to the rice inside the doll. 
enabling them to theoretically now come after you. That's what you're hiding from for the remainder of the game, <laughs> ghosts and demons. Just a reminder, I had to look that up on the side. The rest of this is about you hiding until it's done, and then you can relax, which I'm like, from what? Yeah, right. What's happening? From Duncan? Why? Why would he follow me now? What are we doing and why? What are we doing and why? So I had to look it up. The spirits were attracted to the rice. You just cut the thread, meaning the spirits were loose. Right. Oh, man. That is what it is. So it's not really one man hide and seek or one person hide and seek because they're a bunch of spirits who are seeking you. Well, do you consider a spirit like to be a man? A human? I don't know. You're being pursued by them in this game, so it doesn't seem like it's only a one-sided game. Yeah, you certainly are. So now, uh, now that you've done all that, say, you are the next it, Duncan. Oh, okay. So will that make all the spirits go to Duncan? Well, now Duncan's job is to find you. Oh. Right? So put the doll back in the tub, head back to your hiding place, stay as quiet as possible. Here's how you end all of this. Take a large mouthful of the salt water. Don't swallow it. Just hold it in your mouth. They would just have you just be satisfied with that. It's because salt water should theoretically keep you safe from spirits. Salt rings, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Leave your hiding place. Go looking for the doll. Note, the doll may not necessarily be in the bathroom where you left it. Uh-oh. Again, just like weird ambiguity. When you find the doll, they just cut right to the end. When you find the doll. Because you will. Pour the rest of the salt water from the cup on the doll and then spit the water in your mouth on it too. Repeat this three times. I win. I win. Oh my God. I win. Now that the game is over, allow the doll to dry, then burn it and discard the remains. I feel like you're asking for trouble by spitting the water on the doll. I feel like you just shouldn't play this game if you don't want to be playing it, right? Yeah. Like all the... the It doesn't seem like there's an upside to it. Like the downside is that maybe ghosts and spirits are going to find you and then Lord knows what they'll do with you. Well, the downside is that you've just spent your night hiding in a little room from a doll you put in the bathtub. Right. And when you go out to find it, it's still going to be in the bathtub. Maybe. They said yeah, they, they weren't sure. There's no dramatizing there of like, where would it be? What does it want? I guess that it's like Why? possessed or like a ghost picked it up. Yes. I, I sort of looked into They're other just, stories yeah. of this as well. And it was just people being like, I thought I heard something that was freaky. Like, ah. Why are you doing this? Might have been Duncan coming down the pike. I know. I don't condone anyone doing these rituals. Not because they might summon a demon. Because they're a waste of time. I think they might be a waste of time. Except for that Japanese one. They're, that yeah, is they're, very cool. That one is really awesome. Yeah. And I love that. And the, even the idea of just sitting in a room with your friends telling scary stories. Yeah. And treating it like like they, there's a reverence for the folklore there. Mm-hmm. There's a reverence for people's experiences, the way that it was described. Where it's so much less about like... And then the t- the couple on lovers laying the man with the hook, put his hook in the door. I like that stuff too. Yeah. But like the way they describe it is like people's experiences. Like like um, it was like old townsfolk who said that they've had encounters with the the paranormal. Tell those stories. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily be things that are keeping you on the edge of your seat. Right. They're just like telling stories. They're the the tradition of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I really love that, and it also made me think when we were kids. We lived in Redding, Connecticut. Yep. And I told a scary story in the living room. I made everyone turn off the lights. I know. This is what it made me think of. Yeah. It's the same. I did this. I did. I, well, kind of. I was part of this Japanese with, tradition from with, the Edo period. With different scary results. Yeah, it was true. I, uh, I, I sat and I told everyone some scary story. I don't know if I made it up or what. And I had a candle in front of me. And as I got to the stunning crescendo, the final line, I wanted to be dramatic. So I was like, and then the ghost 
ate them all. And I leaned forward and I cupped my hand around the candle and went to blow out the candle. But my little, my little toot of air caused a little whip, a little whip effect to the melted wax on the candle. So it whipped around my hand and splashed back into my own face. And I ran screaming, screaming through the house to the bathroom. Turning on all the lights, and I was convinced. I was like, "I'm hideous." I was convinced that I was going to look like Two Face. I thought that melted wax on your face. I was like, "I've deformed myself." I did this so early. I'm seven. Oh man! Oh my god! It's so funny in hindsight. I was so upset. I was so terrified. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. It had to have felt really hot and scary. Hot wax on your face isn't great. I, I I did not like it. I, I like remember that, but I don't remember, you know, what we thought happened or I. Well, obviously, then I looked in the mirror and I just had wax on my face and I probably picked it off. And I moved on with my life, clearly. Uh, I do remember you getting up and running, though. You remember this, really? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Parts of this to me almost like sometimes when I remember my childhood, it feels like I'm just remembering the last time I told the story. Oh, me too. Mom and I were talking about this recently. For for some reason, we all have this where I, I like understand that that was me, but I don't really remember a lot of we're things. We're not like part of our own lives. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. There's like a, a separation there. Mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, this is everyone's experience and we're just more upright about it. I can't really tell. I don't know. But... uh there you go. I've been part of this tradition from the Edo period <laughs> since I was but a boy. And I want to bring it back. I love that. I do, too. I think it's really, really awesome. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to talk to you about some more of these stories. But first, we want you to hear from our sponsor of this week's show. It is the podcast History Goes Bump. It's an awesome show it's like one of the earlier podcasts it's been on for like six years which they're going to tell you in this promo i don't want to be redundant but i found it a long time ago and i was so stoked that it was out there so please listen to this promo and then go check out the show do you like history do you like the paranormal are you a weird kid hi this is diane and this is kelly we host the history ghost bump podcast ghost tours for the theater of the mind We combine history and the paranormal in a fun format that also features a moment oddity. History Goes Bump has been in production for six years, and we have a large archive. If you have a favorite haunt, we've probably covered it. If not, please suggest it to us, and we'll add it to the list. Check us out at historygoesbump.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Keep it spooky! Cool. Yeah, go check it out, everybody. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome show, and I really think that you'll enjoy it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, real quick, I don't think that we could step outside ourselves enough to all sit in a room and tell scary stories. Right? Can you imagine being like, all right, now it's my turn. And like, we all have to be quiet and listen <laughs> while you tell a story. I guess. No, that doesn't seem that weird. Really? You, you think that we could all be like quietly respectful of each other as we go like, and now I will tell a tale and then go blow out the candle. 
Maybe we should do this. Yeah, we could do that. We that could do fun. this. We could definitely do the 10 candle version. Yes, absolutely. We could do that on like a stream. Yeah, I would be totally down for that. That sounds fun. Yeah, that yeah. would be very fun. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All right, this show is also brought to you by Guide to the Unknown, mm-hmm. which is us. Go to gttupod.com. You're going to find links to everything in our little universe, everything under the sun. You can head to patreon.com slash gttupod, where if you back us on the Netherworld Warrior level, starting at $4 a month, you're going to get access to a ton of bonus shows, one of which is going to be coming out this Sunday. Yes. We're talking about rituals here and now. Uh, uh, rituals that have like traveled their way around the internet and everything, mm-hmm. but we're actually going to perform a sort of paranormal contact mission on the, the the episode of the Netherworld Dispatch coming out on Sunday. That's right. We're going to be performing the Estes method, which is a ghost hunting method that we talked about a few episodes back, and we are going to switch places. I'm going to try to talk to spirits. Will's going to try to talk to spirits. And it's all going to be recorded and only on patreon.com slash pod. So definitely go check that out. It's the 13th full-length bonus episode that's over there on the Netherworld Dispatch feed. Yeah, but there's so much more. There's yeah. videos and stuff, like 100-plus exclusive posts just for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so do that. Follow at GTTUPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to stay up to date with our stuff. Hit the hit the the Facebook group, the Secret Society Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash GTTUPod. You can talk back to us and yeah. other people who watch and listen to this show. Leave us a a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. And thank you so, so much to everybody who does that and leaves us reviews. Thank you so much to our patrons because really, you guys are the sponsors of the show in a big, big way. So thank you. Yeah, without a doubt. You're keeping us alive. Mm -hmm. You're clapping like Tinkerbell is keeping us alive. That's right. All right. So let's talk, William, about light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah. Did you ever do this? No. I don't think that I've ever done this. Really? Maybe. I I couldn't swear to it, but I certainly don't have like a memory of doing this at a sleepover or whatever. For sure, the 90s cliche was that girls at a slumber party were doing this all the time. Right. I, I don't know that we necessarily were, but it is a cool thing that I was certainly aware of. So... What it is, just broad overview, is the idea that, you're right, girls at a slumber party, there'll be one person who's laying down in the middle, and that the other girls use, like, a couple of fingers and say, light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board, and are able to, like, lift the girl into the air through means of magic. I don't think I realized that's what it was. What did you think was happening? That's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) You lift an entire human being. Yes. With just like your pinky finger? Yes. What did you think it was then? You know what? Now that you ask, I I don't know that I really had a thing in mind, but it did occur to me that it was literally levitating. Yes. Levitating your friend. Yes. It was levitating your friend. They do it in the craft. You've seen the craft, right? Yeah, of course I have. Okay. But in the craft... She really levitates. She, she's like floating. They take their hands away and they're like, ah. and then I could be making this up. I feel like she spins in the air. <laughs> I must be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like she's like stationary, like, you know, stiff as a board, but like turns, you know, 360, yeah. like a, I hate to say this, but like on a spit. That is certainly what like magicians <laughs> do. You know what I'm talking about? You like I what? feel like David Copperfield William. rises in a sheet and then turns like a quarter turn. I'm thinking about <laughs> magicians and I'm not kidding. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about. Well, they practice their craft. That's true. It is a craft. <laughs> Ryan and I watched some David Copperfield during quarantine and I feel like that is what I'm picturing. <laughs> you were watching David Copperfield? Yeah. Oh my God. We watched a special that was very body. 
Really? Yeah. He's like always like hitting on the ladies and stuff. It was like from the 90s. And I was like, oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> Didn't age well. Um, he did, though. He's looking great. <laughs> I went to his Instagram <laughs> and I checked out what's going on. He's still making the scene. He looks like an American Pierce Brosnan to me. Yeah. Yeah. Crossed with Zoolander. Yeah. Yeah. That's all pretty good. He's from um, Fords, New Jersey. Really? Yeah. He's he's son of son of Fords, <laughs> oh, just like my husband. <laughs> son of Copperfield. <laughs> of the Fords Copperfields? We should watch some Copperfields on We've said that Patreon. for years. Yeah. yeah, we really should. Anyway, you're absolutely right. That's not what happens in the craft, I don't think. I think it's David Copperfield stuff that I'm thinking of. So there are some variations of this that I wasn't familiar with, but I they ring a bell to me. I don't remember them being as part of the childhood lore to me. But there are versions of this where rather than just the people around the person who's going to float saying light as a feather, stiff as a board, there's kind of like an intro. So first, the person who's closest to the head of the person is supposed to say, she's looking ill. And then everybody repeats that a few times. She's looking ill. She's looking ill. Then she's looking worse. She's looking worse. She's looking worse. She's dying. She's dying. She's dying. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. So it's supposed to make it unsettling and scary, adding to the fun of this. But also the idea is that we're maybe somehow lighter in death. And so maybe it can sort of trick the mind into thinking the body is lighter. So somehow we can lift this person. Oh, really? I don't know if it's that maybe the soul leaving the body is making it lighter or something. But them being dead and that helping the lifting is a theme in these before game rituals. Interesting. Because there's another variation where the person being lifted is told a story about their death. So the person at the head of the table is like, William died. When he was boating, he was in a kayak and then another kayak came and it hit William's kayak and then he died. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Wow. So again, the idea being that it's scary. It creeps everybody out. And also in death, somehow we're lighter. We're symbolically saying this person is dead. So maybe they're going to be a little bit lighter. Kids doing spooky stuff is wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. So I didn't do this, but we talked about it on the show before. I did a lot of seances yeah. as a child. So I made up for not getting to do this. Um, so after both of those things, then the traditional light as a feather, stiff as a board sort of deal kicks in where everybody lifts the body only using their fingertips. Usually like the first one or two you're only supposed to be using. Um, there's also a version of this, which I didn't know about that. It could be that somebody is sitting in a chair when it's done rather than lying down. And there's also some sort of ritual happening beforehand. Sometimes it's walking around the chair clockwise or counterclockwise depending on who's doing it. Sometimes it's like people rubbing their hands together, I guess, like walking around the chair. Weird. And um, there could also be a version where people around the sitter extend their hands to the sitter, trying to transfer their energy to the sitter, (laughs) which I would think would make them heavier. I know, I was going to say. Because in the, you know, if the idea is that if they're dead, they become lighter. If we're giving them our energy, isn't that going to make them denser? But then I thought, well, perhaps it's that it makes them more buoyant in some way. (laughs) I've got all this energy. I feel so good. I'm buoyant. They're spiritually lighter. Yeah. 
Interesting. Right? They're, they're feeling good. So basically, the ritual part of it is kind of creating a, f- a before and after because before you even start the ritual, you try. So they're just lying there and you try to lift them. You're like, oh, I can't do it. Then everybody goes around and does the thing and then they can do it. So obviously, the ritual aspect of this must have made a difference. So people say that it does work sometimes, but here's the deal. It's probably very, very unlikely. It could be people looking back in hindsight. And also you're doing this likely when you're a child, so you're going to exaggerate in your mind. But also it could possibly happen if the conditions are just right, where the person's weight is perfectly distributed between all these little fingers and they happen to lift at the exact same right moment. So not really going to levitate, but it's that it's the unlikely event that their single fingers can lift up what is probably a very light person. Right, yeah. And then they're going to freak out and be like, oh, my God, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so the earliest recorded instance of basically light as a feather, stiff, of the boor- stiff as a board happening is from the late 1600s. The 1600s were a hot time. I guess so. For playing a spooky game. So we find out about this from the diary of Samuel Pepys, a British naval administrator. He heard an account of girls playing light as a feather, stiff as a board from his friend, Mr. Brisbane, and he wrote about it in his diaries in the late 1600s. My old Tucker Brisbane said this to me. From Mr. Peppis. Or Peppis. It's P-E-P-Y-S. Peppis? Peppis. <laughs> I am Samuel Peppis. <laughs> it's like the way Kramer would pronounce that name. You know, like he says Ramirez instead of Ramirez. <laughs> Peppis. Peppis. <laughs> so this is a quote from Mr. Peppis's diary from his interaction with Mr. Brisbane. He says... <laughs> He says now, Will. William, do you hear me? Sorry, I'm just, I'm still just laughing at, like, even, like, Mr. Peppis' diary has, like, like, Like Mr. Popper's Penguins. Yeah, it just sounds like it sucks, you know? You were reading Mr. Peppis' diary? All right. Cool. It's like the worst assignment in class. (laughs) Okay, here's what Mr. Brisbane said that was written in the Peppis' diaries. He saw four little girls, very young ones, all kneeling, each of them upon one knee, and one begun the first line, whispering in the ear of the next, and the second to the third, and the third to the fourth, and she to the first. Then the first begun the second line, and so round quite through, and putting each one finger only to a boy that lay flat upon his back on the ground as if he was dead, at the end of his words... At the end of the words, they did with their four fingers raise this boy high as they could reach. And he, Mr. Brisbane, being there and wondering at it, also being afeard to see it, for they would have had for they would have had him to have bore a part in saying the words in the room of one of the little girls that was so young that they could hardly make her learn to repeat the words did for fear there might be some slight used in in it by the boy i'll get to the point peppis for fear there might be some slight used in oh that was the same thing or that the boy might be light Call the cook of the house a very lusty fellow as Sir G. Carteret's cook, who is very big, and they did raise him in just the same manner. I don't know what I just said. Yeah, don't I call don't, the lusty cook. I don't. I don't think I used the right inflection <laughs> for that. Uh, also, these words were spelled funny. It was room 
R O O M E, girls with an E between the L and the S, and fear with an E on the end of it. So this is old naval English or something. <laughs> Stupid old people <laughs> couldn't even spell right. <laughs> they didn't even know modern English. <laughs> Those dummies. But here, this is sweet because Pepys also spoke of the chant that accompanied this performance. It's written in Latin. I'm not going to say the Latin, I'll just say what it is. Here is a dead body, stiff as a stick, cold as marble, light as a spirit. Lift yourself in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God. So that's what they were whispering to each other around the thing, rather than saying, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, okay. Intense. That got refined over time. It certainly did. <laughs> it whittled that down. Yeah. I think they took some good notes. They tightened it up. Yeah. Yeah. Pepys so, needs to learn to kill his darlings. That's right. So, Well, no, Pepys was hearing this from Brisbane, who heard it from the little girlis, <laughs> girls with an E. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So that's it for that. Okay. Moving on. Let's talk about something that I learned about just today. I guess I must have heard about it before because it was spoken about in the Parapod podcast, which is no longer with us. Right? I don't think it is. Kind of. I think they just did a, a movie, like a documentary. That's right. But even that was like a while ago. Yeah. So I, I don't think they're making new stuff right now, but it's an awesome show that you should check out. It's, it's very so cool. It's um, two British dudes, one who's a major believer, one who's a major skeptic. And it's fantastic. Will and I listened to a whole bunch of it. And during that show, they would always end the show talking about a ritual that could be performed. And there was a website that compiled those rituals Link in the show notes. And I chose one of those to talk about today. So I must have heard about it on the show, but I don't remember it. This is the Lady Spades ritual. Okay. So it's somewhat similar to Bloody Mary, but it's a little bit more involved. And this is the one that I found details and instructions about from the Ghost in My Machine website. They said that this originally came from Reddit from the user Jazzy Fingers. <laughs> so they posted about it and yeah. maybe made it up themselves. Maybe. Um, or it could be a, a thing going back. So how you do this is that you go into a room with a mirror and you light a candle in front of the mirror. Using red lipstick, you write Lady Spades on the mirror and you hold a Queen of Spades playing card in your hand facing the mirror. Okay. You close your eyes, you try to clear your mind, and you say, Lady Spades, appear out loud seven times. While your eyes are still closed, you're supposed to visualize Lady Spades, and they tell you what you should see her as looking like. She'll be all in black with black eyes, scaring like a mean, scary smile, not a nice smile, and she's kind of scarred and mangled. You might just hear a woman's voice, laughter, or footsteps, and then you'll know that you have summoned her. So either way, after you've said it seven times, you can open your eyes and you should see Lady Spades in the mirror with her hands by her sides. If this is the case, you state your wish and you do not break eye contact with Lady Spades. So it's kind of the opposite of the elevator game where you don't yeah. want to make eye contact. You want to be fully focusing on her. If she decides to grant the wish, she'll smile and say yes. Then you say Lady Spades disappear. You're supposed to wipe her name off of the mirror, turn on the lights, and you burn the Queen of Spades card completely to ash. Your wish will come true soon. So all good. But there's a lot of room for error when playing Lady Spades. Okay. If the candle has gone out, if you open your eyes and the card is facing you rather than the mirror, you skip right to Lady Spades disappear and you close it out. Something has gone wrong. If you open your eyes and either of those two things has happened... We're not proceeding. Lady Spades isn't in the mirror. Right. Just close it out. But if you 
if in the event of any of these things, if you open your eyes and the card is missing altogether, it's not in your hand anymore. Um, if Lady Spades is shown in the mirror, but her hands are pressed against the mirror instead of just at her sides looking at you, if you break eye contact with her or she declines to grant your wish, you need to break that mirror, blow out the candle, burn that card if you have it, if it's not one of the options where it's disappeared, and you need to vacate the premises. Oh, wow. For how long? I don't know. Just forever. Yes. Yeah. It's got to get out of there. Why is my mirror broken? Duncan. <laughs> Duncan. Who was Duncan again? Is that the, the doll? The demon doll. <laughs> Maybe that's how he became a demon. Maybe. Because he wronged Lady Spades, or did, you know, this thing didn't go right, and then he turned into the demon. See, that has the smackings of some of the rituals I talked about, where the it's like very... It's funny, because I, 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 I'm also thinking about how, like in previous shows, I've talked about how much a fan I am of rules. Yes. Rules for stories. The rules in these rituals are so tight mm-hmm. that they're silly. Yeah. And they're for no purpose. Well, it's weird. They're, they're tight, but they don't tell you for what reason. Yes. There's like nothing. They're yeah. just, they're, they're arbitrary feeling. Right. Um, but at least in this story, it's like you might, there's a lot of risk involved, mm-hmm. but also you might get a wish granted. Right. Like that's, that's a, the reason you're doing yes, it. Yes. That's so, a great motivator right. to do all the stuff. Right. The right. hope is that you're going to get a wish granted. Right. I think with a lot of them, the hope or the whatever is just that you might see something scary and that's fun. You might end up in another reality. Right, like Bloody Mary. That's just to see Bloody Mary and get scared. Is there a reason to see Bloody Mary? No, but it's also not a 15-step process. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Okay, now we're going to talk about some things that aren't necessarily... Well, they're not at all. They're not like rituals that are going to make a scary thing happen, but... They're like macabre childhood games, kind of in the vein of Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, but without like an otherworldly purpose. But I just wanted to talk about them because they came up when we were doing that Patreon planning session, and a lot of people might have familiarity with them, and they're weird. Yeah. So let's talk about the crack an egg on your head game. Let's just call it a game. Whatever. So here's how I knew it as a kid. I remember it being... Crack an egg on your head, watch the yolk run down, watch the yolk run down, watch the yolk run down. Stab a knife in your back, watch the blood drip down, watch the blood drip down, watch the blood drip down. That was all I really remembered off the top of my head. And while you're doing those things, you're doing this to a friend and touching them. So crack an egg on your head, you kind of like gently bonk your fist on their head, and then you use your fingers and you're tracing down their back. Stab a knife in your back. Same deal, it's on their back, and then you're kind of drifting your fingers down their back. And it's really just because it kind of felt good, and it gives you, like, the chills, basically. So there, I I did a little research online, and there are alternate lines, and all of them usually start with a crack and egg on your thing, a crack and egg on your head. Crack and egg on your thing. (laughs) But then they kind of, they have variations that some ring a bell to me and some I didn't really remember. So the user fish fish bird bird cat on Reddit said that after the yolk running down and after the blood dripping down that you say between each of those and the chills run up. So yolk runs down and the chills run up, blood drips down, chills run up. And that at the end of that, you're supposed to grab their shoulders and say, how do you feel? The how do you feel thing rang a bell to me a little bit. And I think that it may have been from some of these other things. So there was a since deleted user, I don't know their name, who said that there were more lines. And then at the end, you would spin the person around, give them a little push, and then ask them what color they saw. And each color meant something. Oh, okay. And a user named IE 
needs a pizza said they remembered that. So it can be like a regional thing. You know what I mean? Like school by school, region by region. Like a game of telephone in a way. Basically. Um, Then the only KJ contributed that they did draw a snake upon your back, two eyes and paint it black. Oh. So I guess you do another little wiggle like a snake and then maybe two fingers poke like Mo, but on your back. Um, while Fleerza said there's also crisscross applesauce, spiders crawling up your back, big squeeze, cool breeze. And then Masher88 finished the thought by saying that during cool breeze, you blow on your neck, uh, blow on their neck and say, now you've got the shiveries. Whoa, the shiveries. Which I kind of remember. Yeah. I kind of remember something about like blowing on their neck and them being like, Ugh. I do have a vague recollection of that. Yeah. Right. So was this the same for you since we grew up in the same area? Like, do, do you remember just the... Uh, crack an egg on your head and the knife in the back or what i only i only remembered crack an egg on your head you don't remember the knife in the back no no no. i didn't i didn't remember any of that and then um i was talking to my wife a few months ago Mm -hmm. and we were somehow we got into talking about crack an egg on your head and she knew the full thing yeah or you know the the jersey version i guess right right so uh she knew it as crack an egg on your head let the yolk run down crack an egg on your head let the yolk run down stab a knife in your back let the blood trickle Mm -hmm. down stab a knife in your back let the blood trickle down put needles in your back let the blood trickle down and so you put all 10 fingers you just lightly jab at their back let the blood trickle I down. saw that too. And then there was one, you put your hands on the person's shoulders and you sort of wobble them around and go, uh, people dying, okay, that's next. children crying, and then something about being high up on a building and push. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's the next one. This is kind of the concentrate game, oh, which okay. I have very, very vague recollection of. I basically just remember them saying, Babies crying, people dying. Concentrate, concentrate. But I don't remember the rest of it. Um, So from that, I found this, and it kind of rang a bell. Some people do this as its own thing. Some people are doing it together with crack and egg on your head, where the lines kind of alternate. But here is what rang like the closest bell for me. And this is from a 2007 Live Journal comment from Alt Illiquent. They wrote out, concentrate, concentrate. People are dying. Children are crying. Concentrate. And you're smacking their back in time to the words. Then you do this like visualization thing, like you're climbing up the Empire State Building. So you take the person by the, you're behind the person, you take them by the shoulders, and you're like, you're walking up these stairs, and you're Mm. holding your shoulders and shaking them like a person would be moving as they're walking upstairs. Um, You get to the top, and you say, you hear three steps, you snap left right left in their ears uh you turn around and no one is there you hear two steps no one's there you hear one step and then in this they wrote i don't remember this at all like i said um (laughs) then you hear a voice say you killed my brother now you must pay (laughs) and shove them forward a little bit okay then you tell them to open their eyes look at the palm of their hand and see what color is there and that translates to like a color coding thing that will tell them how they'll die. Whoa. Kids are so weird. Yeah. So another one of these that I said before was like you you pick a color that you said or whatever. But this takes it a little bit further. And here is what I found for the explanations of the colors. Red means they're going to be stabbed. Blue means they'll drown in water. Yellow means they'll be poisoned. Orange means they will burn to death in a fire. Green means they will fall from a height and die on grass. 
Purple means they will suffocate. Brown means they will be buried alive. Gray means they will die of a disease in hospital. That's been a British person. Yeah. White means they will die of old age and go to heaven. Black means they will die of old age and go to hell. Whoa. So these are kids playing these things. And it's kind of grisly because the color coding like directly relates to what the thing is. So red means they're going to be stabbed. There's blood, blue water, yeah. blue water. Purple means they'll suffocate. I guess it's your face yeah, when you purple. suffocate. Brown means you're buried alive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little kid thought that goes into this stuff. And kids are sick puppies. They are. It's it's sort of funny, though, mm-hmm. to, to imagine uh, uh, kids talking to each other and being like, you're going to die. You're going to get eaten by a ghost and stuff. And it's like no risk involved whatsoever for them, know. you know, except for their imagination. I you know. know. I wonder if this carries on today. Like are little kids doing this? Is your future daughter who's being born in February going to do this? I'm very excited to find out. Like is she going to come home from school and tell you about this game? Like I've got a few years before I find out. I know. But I've always been fascinated by little kids saying that they saw a ghost and I stuff know. like that. Like, I really wonder if she's going to have I know. that sort of she's thing She's going to have the sight. You know, Sean Chatfield on Mega64, talked. he told a story on one of their podcasts at some point that um, his kid said that they had a nightmare. It was like in the middle of the night. He like heard the kid moving around. I don't know. Checked on him. And the kid was like, yeah, I saw somebody out my window. And Sean was like, oh, it's okay. Just calm down. It was probably a nightmare. Just go back to sleep. It's like, will you check, Dad? He was yeah, yeah, I'll check. And then the second the kid went to sleep, he was like, oh, my God. I have to go check to see if there's someone at the window. He's like, oh, like, I'm the dad. Like, I'm the I'm the authority here. Right. So I now have to go walk and check this thing. And I, he's, I, heard that, I heard him tell that story years ago. It's been years. I've thought someday I will be on the bad side of this stuff and be right. like, I have to like look under the bed and like I'm 33. I still will freak myself out if I'm taking the garbage down the driveway. Yes. Like I still will do that stuff. I still will imagine hands reaching out to grab my feet as I come up the basement steps. I still do that. When my daughter says something to me and asks me to check her closet or like I have to go do something alone to confirm that we're all safe. It's going to be horrible. (laughs) I know. I'll do it. That's going to be so scary. But then the upside of the spooky kid stuff is that maybe you shall have a sleepover. Oh, in a future where we have right. people around and you can have sleepovers and stuff. And like maybe I'll, I'll hear like her and her friends being like. Light as a feather, stiff as a bird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here lies. Here lies baby. I'm yeah. not saying the name. Here lies kid. And I'm like there's like five right. pretending that like one of them is dead. Like, all right. Party on, kids. Yeah. <laughs> right on. A proud legacy. Absolutely. It's very exciting. It's awesome. So we originally, for this episode, we obviously didn't end up doing it. We wanted to do one of these rituals, but we realized that they were either really, really involved or be very boring to listen to. It's really just kind of a you had to be there thing. I don't live in a building with 10 floors and an right. elevator. I right. don't have 100 candles sitting around. Or there were things where it's like you had to go out into the woods and we're just not going to do that yeah. tonight. Um, but I was freaking myself out a little bit reading them where I was like, Ooh, I'd be a little bit scared if I was doing this. It's some, so fun. I know some of them, I will say like even the silly stuff that like I've, I've sort of like, you know, pulled apart stuff like the elevator game, but even watching some YouTubers that are like a bunch of like bros mm-hmm. being like, Oh, all right, well we all did it together. Now we all have to do it one by one alone. Yeah. And you see them all with their cameras go in and stuff to shoot it. I'm like, 
but it's so imaginative and fun. Yes, it completely is. It's fun and it's creepy. And I, I really was like, should we just go somewhere right now and try to find an elevator? But it's also COVID. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not going to some building and pushing elevator buttons right no, now. Touching, just not. Not touching buttons at yeah. this moment. Mm-mm. Not in this climate. No, no, thank you. Buttons in this climate? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Uh, but yeah, once again, we will this Sunday yes. on a new episode of the Netherworld Dispatch be doing not quite a ritual, although uh, from a certain perspective, it, it is a is. sort of modern method for contacting the spirit world. And also, you know, there might be a little ritual beforehand because I think similar to the bonus episode where we used a Ouija board mm. and I had us kind of do like a little guided meditation for us to get in like the, the headspace. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Okay. You know, just like, okay, we're, we're open to spirits. We're, our portals are open. So maybe there'll be like a little ritual. Yeah. All right. Sure. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I, I, I will say in the stuff that I wrote for it, mm-hmm. I did write some things with the mindset of like, let's be respectful to the spirit world if it exists. Yes. Once again, I, I'm undecided. I hope it's all respectful to the spirit world. Yes. Okay. But so you can all you can all watch uh, as Kristen and I try yeah. to contact spirits with the aid of modern technology mm-hmm. this Sunday. That's on right. On the 13th episode of the Netherworld Dispatch, only available to Netherworld Warriors. It's the $4 or up uh, tier on, uh, on patreon.com slash talkbomb. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I hope that you will all enjoy that. Maybe yeah. we will do like a ritual ritual, like one of these someday. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be fun to do. I could also see us talk doing another episode about other rituals. There's so many of them. Even when they're lame, really cool I enjoy ones. reading them and seeing what yeah. people are getting all like excited about. Like yeah, it's kind definitely. of it's fun, you know? Absolutely. Um, one thing I, I want to call out just to, to sort of wrap up the, the conversation in a way. I have seen many people rope in the very sad Eliza Lamb story mm-hmm. yeah. into the elevator game, which was like a story of a young woman. There's footage of her just prior to her death in an elevator. People uh, refer to it as behaving strangely. I actually did a podcast a million years ago, like within the year that that footage was released, watching and be like, for the first time, learning about it on a show and being like, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. But now it's been seven years of people talking and like theorizing about Eliza Lamb's death. And it's like, no, she's not part of the elevator game. No. So I still saw that in some of my research. I'm not surprised. I know. I think it's just part, like people love to... uh, it's it's the power of imagination and yeah. sort of like I don't know misrepresenting things too. The and power also of misrepresentation. It's such a mystery in a lot of ways. Like what exactly happened with her, and yeah. it was in an elevator, so you could fill in that blank, even though it's obviously not. But right. you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there you go, everybody. Yeah. That brings us to the end of another episode of Guide to the Unknown. That's right. We hope you enjoyed it. Definitely go to gttupod.com. That's a hub for everything that we have out there. Patreon, merch, um, e- you know, everything. Yeah, everything. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, you can also follow us online if you'd like to talk to us directly. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. And I am at The Myth Traveler. So thank you so much. For enjoying these, uh, uh, I don't know, spooky rituals and games with us. Yeah. We'll be back next week to talk about more terrifying stuff. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go away. And now we know how to get there. That's right. You just go to the key floors on an elevator. We're all set. It really is like a cheat code. Yeah. No, it is. It's definitely up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. start. And now I'm in hell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrate.